I'm Stephen Tracy, and this is the Ruling Elder podcast of the Committee on Christian Education of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. This is a podcast designed to assist in the education, training, and encouragement of ruling elders in their work. Ruling elders are one of God's gifts to His church. This is Greg Reynolds. I'm the editor of Ordained Servant and um, retired, uh, semi-retired really, but a pastor emeritus of Amoskeg Presbyterian Church in Manchester, New Hampshire. And it's good to be with you today, and it's uh, great to have uh, with us uh, Elder Jim Gidley. He moderated the 2000 General Assembly for the Orthodox Presbyterian Church and uh, continues to be a ruling elder at Grace Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Swickley, Pennsylvania. Welcome, Jim. Hi, this is Jim Gidley. Uh, I am a ruling elder, as Greg said. I was ordained in 1985, and my secular employment is a professor of engineering at Geneva College, from which I will soon be retiring. Well, Jim, let's start off by just hearing a little bit about how how you became an elder. What was your sense of calling, and um, what kind of preparation did you have? I was uh, serving or I was attending a mission work of the OPC in Morgantown, West Virginia. And we were a young body, many uh, who were recently graduated from college. Some were still at the university there, uh, West Virginia University. And... uh, I think my sense of calling comes in two ways. Uh, I had contemplated going to seminary and going into the gospel ministry, and uh, having decided against that, um, I thought that maybe being a ruling elder would be an appropriate place to end up. Uh, But more specifically, a more immediate a sense of calling was simply the need of the church, the need of the mission work. I was ordained at a relatively young age, as were the other men who were ordained with me. I believe we were all in our 30s, probably early 30s at the time. And um, that seems to me now to be somewhat unusual. It seemed natural at the time because we were all young guys in a young congregation. But uh, the the need of the church uh, grew more important in my mind and has remained important to me over the years. Uh, it's not simply a matter of estimating what my own gifts are, but a matter of what does the church need. Uh, and the church needed ruling elders, and I was elected. That was a pretty good call in my mind. Well, that seemed like a very biblical way of considering your call. In fact, I think Dick Gaffin, who was a professor of mine at Westminster back in the in the late 20th century, um, wrote a book on the gifts and said precisely that, that, that uh, looking to see where the needs are, the Lord will bring out your gifts to meet that need, and it's certainly clear. Jim, that in your life he's done that, and that is that is really wonderful. Um, how, as an elder, do you feel that you've been able to help 
um, your, the pastors of the congregations at where you served. Now, you've served mostly at Zwickley. How long have you served there? Uh, I believe I was installed there in um, 1993, somewhere around then. Uh, I was an, ordained in 85 in Morgantown. We moved to Swickley in 1990. And um, I, th I believe it was about three years later that I was installed. So it's been almost 30 years now. Wow, that's, that is really uh, endurance. And so Charlie Dennison was the pastor at the time that you went to Swickley? Yes. And how, in what ways do you think you were able to help and encourage Charlie? And, and what were some of the ways that he helped and encouraged you? Well, I think I've helped him and the other pastors with whom I've served, uh, primarily by the uh, teaching of the adult class, our Sunday school program, or what we call it, the morning instruction program. Uh, Charlie had this thing about the history of Sunday school and didn't uh, uh, want to attach that name to it. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I've assisted in that way by, by teaching the adults. Uh, Charlie uh, attracted me because he was a brilliant man, uh, a, you know, a brilliant student of the scriptures, a historian. Uh, a, a sparkling pulpit orator uh, and you know an, a, an outsized personality. He was the kind of man that uh, lit up the room when he walked in and had an infectious laugh, a very loud laugh. You know, he a very um, outgoing man. In many ways, quite different from me personally. And perhaps uh, that's why I was attracted to him. It's just, hopefully, he saw something different from himself in me, and uh, that made for a good friendship. Yeah, he was a dear friend of mine as well, and um, he always spoke very highly of you, Jim. And, um, I, you know, that taking the adult Sunday school class is huge because most of our churches are small, and... When a pastor has three preparations, morning and evening service and adult Sunday school, it's a really draining business. And so as much as I love teaching adult Sunday school, um, having someone, one of the elders, be able to teach it confidently was a wonderful blessing. And it's also a blessing because the pastor is able to be in that class and enjoy being taught. So... How important is your ministry in terms of the church itself? How did did the Sunday school teaching bleed over into your pastoral relationships with people in any way? I I believe so. Um, I'm you know I'm a teacher by profession, and. As I look back on it over the years, uh, I think one of my failings as a teacher has been uh, to fail to initiate and pursue deeper personal relationships with the people that I've been teaching. It's not that I 
don't have personal relationships with them. But uh, I think one of the things about being a ruling elder, as I've told you, is the sense of uh, having your own failings and shortcomings exposed. And I believe that's one of them, the failure to pursue people, to seek people out, is partly due to my introverted personality. But, um, you know, that's one of the, one of the th reasons why you don't want to focus entirely on your own gifts, because uh, being an introvert doesn't exempt you from the responsibility to care for people. And in order to care for them, you have to pursue them and interact with them on a deeper level. I think that what I've heard, though, is that people have often expressed their appreciation for my teaching, that it was meaningful to them, that it helped them to understand the faith, and as I hope, helped them to draw nearer to their Savior. Well, that is certainly um, a very important gift and a huge contribution to a church and a session. And I've always liked to call people who say they're introverted reserved, because it's just a different kind of personality. And those of us who are really talkative and called extroverts have our own weaknesses. One of them, of course, is talking too much. So I've always appreciated your thoughtfulness um, in the ways that you've served on our Christian Education Committee. And so, Jim, with you've served beyond the local, the local church, and how have you served in Presbytery and also, because I know how you've served, um, partly at least, in the General Assembly. Uh, in Presbytery, I have served for over 30 years on our Candidates and Credentials Committee. Uh, that was largely Charlie's doing. He was on the committee at the time that I came to Grace. And I believe I came onto the CNC Committee even before coming to Grace. I mean, it may have been when I was still at Morgantown, but uh, you have to realize that the church in Morgantown was a mission work of Grace OPC. So I knew Charlie from uh, well before I moved to Swickley. Um, and he, you know, he was my pastor, and that, that session was our session in the, in, while we were a mission work. Um, but, you know, I, I'm sure that I owe it to Charlie that I was elected to the Candidates and Credentials Committee. I, I can't remember for sure, but I'm, I suspect he was the one who nominated me. I know that he was the one who nominated me to the Christian Education Committee uh, as I was at the assembly that year. And I know that his nomination carried a great deal of weight. Uh, people respected him, and uh, so I'm, I was elected on the basis of who nominated me. Uh, on the CNC committee in the Presbytery, uh, I have for many years administered the English Bible exam. And in a sense, what that means is to, it's an exam on the Bible as a whole. Do you know what the Bible says? And uh, one of the 
challenges of giving that exam and one of the heartaches of giving that exam has been to see how often young men are weak in their knowledge of the Bible, even as they're preparing to be the herald of the good news. They don't have a strong grasp on Scripture history. They don't have a strong grasp on how to find the texts in the Scripture that support the doctrines we teach from the Westminster Standards, what those texts are, how to explain them, and so forth. Uh, so I get the sense that young men in seminary are talking about the Bible and discussing doctrines and discussing things around the periphery of the Bible and not necessarily becoming intimately familiar with the Bible itself. So um, probably in three quarters or more of the Bible exams I've given, maybe that's a little bit of an over, overestimate, but in, in a large per percentage of the Bible exams I've given, we've had to continue the exam and say to the candidate, uh, you're weak in this area or that area, and you need to do thus and so, and become better prepared. And then, you know, three, four, five months later, we have a second part of the exam to see if there's been significant progress on those weaknesses. And in, in some cases, um, I've been very impressed with the candidates' diligence and uh, taking of our counsel to heart that you know, he needed to make significant progress. In other cases, it's been more of a, okay, he's doing better. But uh, it's more encouraging when the young man steps up to the plate and says, I, I'm going to do better on this. I'm going to take this seriously. Well, that's yeah, I appreciate that. I've experienced that as well, having been on candidates um, and chaired the committee in New York and New England uh, many years ago, and um, we had to turn one candidate back because of his lack of a knowledge of the English Bible. And his uh, pastor was not pleased with us, but he was because he said that made me better prepared to go into the ministry. So that kind of humility and submission, I think, is an important thing that you've you've been able to work with. And what, Jim, what uh, in the in the ministry and some and especially in the ministry of uh, elder and uh, elder as a part of the session, you always face challenges. And in fact, oftentimes elders, after they've been uh, on the session for a year or two, realize that they hadn't anticipated some of the struggles and, and the difficulties that you'd go through. What have you gone through difficulties you must have over the, the past uh, 30 years that you've been in the on functioning on a session? What are some of the challenges and how did you and the session face them? Well, early on, uh, my my preparation for being an elder was primarily my personal reading in the scriptures and in theology. And I had a, a liking for systematic theology. 
And I imagined that being a ruling elder would bring that uh, knowledge into play, that I would have to interact with people on subtle heresies or errors that needed to be carefully explained and dissected. And I was uh, well, not maybe saying taken aback might be a little too strong a word, a term, but uh, pretty close in realizing that the struggles that members of OPC churches face are much more down to earth. Um, the, the, the tempter tempts people with uh, gross and obvious temptations most of the time. Uh, you know, things like premarital sex, uh, you know, just or being unkind or uncaring to one's spouse or children. Uh, the tempter isn't out there tempting people with Sabellianism or some uh, obscure heresy from the history of the church. So it has come come to me in my understanding of shepherding people is that you're shepherding people to follow their Savior in the day-to-day rough and tumble of life. You're not shepherding them to be theological experts uh, at detecting the heresies around them. you're shepherding people to bear the cross, to keep the commandments, to basically to be Christians. Yeah, that's very helpful. And I know the devotions that you have given over the years to our committee have shown that as an elder, um, you've grown in your appreciation of how important that battle is, how difficult it is, and how the Lord enables us as officers in the church to encourage um, the members of the church that are in the same battle that we're in. And we've simply been chosen uh, to bring some leadership and encouragement to them. Jim, do you have any any final words of encouragement or um, uh, caution or exhortation to other elders um, as we bring this, this uh, interview to a close? Yes. Uh, Don't think too highly of yourself. You can never be too humble. Um, And pray. Uh, One of the other failings, I believe, in my own life has been lack of intentionality and simply time spent in prayer. Uh, It's not my effort as an elder, it's not the pastor's effort as a pastor that is going to have a lasting impact on people. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in us, through us, and in the members of the church. And is it in the child's catechism that has the question, how do I get the help of the Holy Spirit? I think there's a question, something like that, and the answer is to pray. And, uh, well, if there isn't one, I just made up a question. You know, how do you get the help of the Holy Spirit? You pray. 
Uh, so I would say the time you spend talking to God for your people is more valuable than the time you spend talking to your people for God. Oh, that is uh, wonderful advice, Jim. I really thank you for taking the time to uh, be interviewed like this. I've enjoyed it immensely as a former, as a friend, and and also uh, someone who um, is desiring to help the elders of our church. And and you, I think, well, this interview will contribute something significant to them. And I'm thankful to all of our listeners, and hope that you will uh, tune in regularly to the podcasts of um, the elders of the OPC. And thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Every blessing in the Lord Jesus.